glass here people did you hear something no hmm. did i i don't know just 4th of July, as you probably recall, um, and I went to see my family and attended a barbecue, and my family in general, not just on barbecue party events, uh, really like to cook, and um, they like to roast meat and grill meat, and I love to eat meat. Uh, so it is always a fun occasion to be with them. Um, but when I got home yesterday, I didn't want to eat anything. I was just so uh, uh, exhausted by all of the food that, <laughs> that had been foisted upon me that I just made myself a, a spinach salad with... Uh, thinly sliced beets on top and that was my like the only meal that I had all day yesterday and so I thought to myself what better Simpsons episode to talk about this week than Lisa the Vegetarian um, season 7 which was you know a stellar season all around doing no small part to this particular show. Um, and just, you know, for many, many reasons, it's people's favorite episode, um, and it's extremely important in the life of the show. It uh, harkens back and also harkens forward. Uh, there are many, many stories like this where uh, Lisa and Homer butt heads. But almost all of them end sweetly, the way this one does, with them agreeing to put their differences aside because of the special bond that daddy and daughter share. I just talked about uh, Homer versus Lisa and the Eighth Commandment, um, which is an early example of that. Uh, there's also Lisa the Greek. There's, I mean, there's like so many. And then looking forward past this, there's the one where they go into the isolation tanks together. And Lisa uh, realizes that she can inhabit the body of Homer. <laughs> and da-da-da-da-da, like that. This is directed by Mark Kirkland, who did just an amazing, amazing job. There's so many moments in this that are perfectly timed and really, really funny. Um, very big, spectacular things like the airborne pig, of course, you know, which finishes the episode and is the enduring image of the entire thing. Uh, and I love the way it floats into the 
little plug in the dam, plugs up the dam, and then shoots out in a parabolic arc majestically, going past Burns's window. But you know, like little pieces of acting too with the um, Chief Wiggum trying to catch his breath while eating as much as he can, <laughs> like sitting on the end edge of the bench and like huffing and puffing. And Homer going up to Hibbert, Dr. Hibbert and saying um, that he would like to give him another hot beef injection. <laughs> So yeah, I guess you would call those the smaller moments. And the, the whole thing with the Storyland Village uh, has a beautiful mix of like big and small, funny bits of animation. There is the uh, backyard full of Flanderses at the beginning too. And we get to see like the version of Flanders, uh, you know, played out in many different cultures and countries. And see how they're the same and how they're different. And lest we forget, this episode fucking has Paul McCartney in it and he, uh, participates very very gamely and has a lot of lines and so does Linda may she rest in peace um they and this the the fact that the Simpsons were able to score Paul McCartney for this is the work of showrunner David Merkin um who was and is a big Beatles fan and uh when he was working on this particular script he knew that this was uh, the subject matter that would interest Paul McCartney most and, you know, that he could court him with successfully. So that was an amazing coup by him and an example of, like, what he brought to the table as showrunner of The Simpsons. And very interestingly, Paul himself uh, is responsible for Lisa continuing to be a vegetarian. He said that he would only do the show if uh, the character stayed a vegetarian throughout the series. And everyone agreed that that would be great because it is um, a really important facet of her character. And. Uh, It is in, indeed revisited again and again. And there are almost too many indelible moments in this to count, uh, but the most indelible include the lamb the third uh, cute lamb that is seen, who is the cutest and smallest with the little pink face and the pink bow, or maybe it's a blue, there's a bow, can't remember what color. Um, 
that Lisa hallucinates later when she's eating, trying to eat lamb chops. There is, of course, the film of Troy McClure showing Jimmy to the killing floor. The thing that makes me laugh the most in that always is just ask this science scientician. <laughs> and for less than a second, you see a guy like look up from a microscope and say, uh, <laughs> uh, the editing of that is brilliant. The diagram of the food chain, of course, with the arrows all pointing towards the stick figure human. And the montage of all of the different animals eating each other is just pure gold. It includes the dog leaping up to catch a frisbee and the shark leaping up to catch a gorilla. I always think it's funny that they give the kids tripe at the end. And that the kids love the tripe. <laughs> like, it's sort of a subtle humor of the unexpected. Like, of course kids would hate it, but uh, in this universe where everyone adores meat, they really suck it down. So the Simpsons go to Storyland Village together because it's nice for them to finally do something that Maggie will enjoy. Grandpa gets to stay in the 110 degree car. Everyone hates Storyland Village except for Maggie, who has that wonderful little moment of uh, wildly applauding and sucking her pacifier after the uh, Three Little Pigs demonstration <laughs> happens. And it truly is a really crummy amusement park for babies. Fun for ages zero to seven and a half, I think it says. And everything is broken and, you know, and the Goldilocks and the Three Bears exhibit the, the mama bear, like, can't even, uh, like, the... The microphone is busted, so she's like, <laughs> It's just a laugh riot. It's very good. Uh, but it is here that they encounter the cute lambs. And Lisa has her mind changed about eating meat because lamb chops are on the table that very night, that fateful night. So there's a lot of hand-wringing by Lisa. She decides that she doesn't want to dissect her worm at school. And that makes Ms. Hoover press the independent thought alarm under the desk.
Later on the same day, she asks lunch lady Doris for a vegetarian option, and Doris gives her a uh, hot dog with no hot dog, just the bun, <laughs> and also presses the independent thought alarm for a second time. Uh, and so that kicks off the, the screening of the meat movie about the food chain and the killing floor and all that. All the kids are mollified and placated except for Lisa and Lisa is ostracized, which is, uh, of course, not unusual for her. Meanwhile, Homer, who is jealous that Flanders had his family reunion barbecue, has a barbecue of his own with the genius invitation with the extra B, which everyone loves. Another indelible image and indelible moment from that. I guess what I, something that I love about this show is that there's something for the meat eater and the vegetarian. You know, no matter what side of the debate you fall on, um, or if you're somewhere in, in between, you can really appreciate it. You can enjoy uh, the barbecue vicariously, if that's your thing. And that turns out to be a huge set piece with everyone in the town eating up Homer's uh, cooked meat and really, really loving it. Lisa tries to serve gazpacho. Barney tells her to go back to Russia. Everyone laughs at her. The straw that breaks the camel's back is uh, the hamburger that flies through the window and hits Lisa in the face. And that makes her sabotage the barbecue by getting on a riding lawnmower and pushing the pig de resistance, the roast suckling pig, uh, on its rolling table. Down a big hill, you know, and that makes it fly through the town and fly through the air later. With Bart and Homer in hot pursuit and they never are able to save it and it breaks Homer's heart. It really breaks his heart. Lisa's in disgrace and she runs away. And she, we finally think that she's cracked when she reaches for a hot dog at the Quickie Mart and takes a bite. And then uh, her savior Apu appears and tells her that it's a tofu dog. And introduces her to Paul and Linda McCartney who are just chilling on the roof there of the Quickie Mart. And all three of them tell Lisa that she should be tolerant, even though she might think that the people around her are monsters. So she goes back to Homer and uh, makes up with him. And this is shades of the end of Duffless, too. Remember when 
Homer and Marge ride off into the sunset on the girl's bike with the song playing. Um, in this show, Lisa gets on Homer's back, piggyback ride, veggie back ride, and they walk off into the sunset and the song plays. So. So that is what happens. Um, I have a couple of, for as much as I absolutely adore this episode along with everybody else, I have a couple of UFMs. Uh, one of them is the joke about the worm having the same voice as the lamb. I feel like that's a missed opportunity for the worm to have a different and funny voice. And I don't like it that she points out uh, the thing that's wrong. <laughs> and breaks the fourth wall that way. Um, and I like the non-alcoholic beer joke, the fact that the, the staircase up to the roof where Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney are is right behind the non-alcoholic beer. But I feel like they hit you over the head with that when Lisa asks Apu, well, what, what if someone wants a non-alcoholic beer? And he goes, oh, you know, it's never come up. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it would be funnier if you just saw the sign that said non-alcoholic beer and you could just infer it that nobody wanted it and that's why uh, it's okay to have the staircase there. Do you know what I mean? Uh, what else? Towards the end, when Homer is looking for Lisa and he yells into the baby carriage, the timing of that makes me laugh every time. Um, he just yells Lisa into the baby carriage. You never see the baby, but you see the hand of the mother grip the handle and yank the baby carriage away from him. It makes me kind of die laughing. Okay, and lastly of all, and this is really, really important to know and to note. Paul says that if you play Maybe I'm Amazed backwards, you can hear a recipe for lentil soup. In fact, as Maybe I'm Amazed is playing under the credits of this particular Simpsons episode, there is low backwards talking. And if you play that backwards, it is indeed a recipe for lentil soup uh, recited by Paul himself. So it's true. It's absolutely the case. You can hear it pretty clearly if you watch the episode. Anyway, I don't know about you guys, but when I grow up, I'm going to Bovine University. But I respect your choices to go wherever you please. This has been... 
Simpsons time. And I hope you've enjoyed Simpsons time for today. Long one. Long Simpsons time. Lisa the Vegetarian here on the Simpsons Time podcast. Simpsons Time through the Debigulator with Amanda Nazario. That's me. Super glad that you could join me this week for another upcycled Simpsons Time. At the top of the show, you noticed that I mentioned 4th of July. It is, of course, February now, and uh, a different year, even. But I think all of my thoughts about Lisa the Vegetarian still apply now. And I know that because I re-listened to the whole... um, I always call them lectures, but the whole analysis. Just now. Go ahead and drop me a comment on the playlist to this show. You can go to wfmu.org slash playlists slash sy to see a list of all the shows. Um, Or you can just drop me an email via the WFMU email system. You can also follow me on Twitter. It's at amnaz, A-M-N-A-Z-Z. Instagram uh, is uh, A-M underscore N-A-Z-Z. Yay! I will talk to you next week. See you then.